Most priests over the years, as they celebrate a whole range of Masses, certainly Sunday Masses, but baptisms, weddings, funerals, you know, they do that hundreds, even thousands of times, incredibly privileged moments. But almost every priest over the years will just remember certain of those celebrations that stand out a little bit more. And oftentimes there's Mass cards, especially for uh, funerals, sometimes for baptisms. And in his Bible or prayer book, the priest will just kind of tuck those away. And it's amazing how over the years it builds up into a little collection. And there's one that I carry, and I know I've shared this story some time before, so I apologize if it's repetition for you. But I was a still relatively newly ordained priest. I was living in Washington at the time, studying scripture at Catholic University. And I got involved with this young family. And they'd just given birth to a little girl named Phoebe. And Phoebe was born extremely prematurely, almost as early as a baby could be born and still be viable. And what this couple did for Phoebe, how their lives were transformed. Maybe some of you have lived in DC. They were a real kind of power couple. She was working for the government, attorney, very promising career. He was a doctor. And when Phoebe was born, everything changed for them. She quit her job, totally put her career not just on hold, but as far as she was concerned, she just dropped it. Not because she didn't value it, but there was something that had totally changed her perspective. And he similarly had his whole outlook changed. And for the long course of several months, they basically lived in the NICU. And I'd get up there when I could and say prayers and blessings and things like that. Well, Phoebe sadly passed away. This is her card, born May 12, 2007, and she passed on September 15, 2007. And I remember going up to the hospital after I'd gotten the news. And I walked in, and with the naivete of a young priest, I'm all worried, you know, am I going to say the right thing? Uh, what sort of prayer should I have? And I walked in, and the mom and dad had left the room that moment. And the only one there was the grandmother, and she was holding Phoebe in her arms. And I started to mumble something. She didn't even really almost notice that I was there. She just said one line that I've never forgotten. She said, she taught us how to love. This little girl that had come into their life for just a few months taught us how to love. I'm mentioning that because we come to the end now of this series, but it's hardly the end of the concept. If anything, it's something that should be instilled in our lives and certainly to take us forward. But we've been focusing on this idea of how do we come to Jesus and how do we bring others? And it all kind of comes down to our gospel today. Love God and love your neighbor. That's because an Israelite elder asks Jesus before anybody fully knows who Jesus is, certainly before he dies and rises from the dead, they say, what are the greatest laws in our covenant? And Jesus answers correctly, love God, love your neighbor. That's the greatest you can milk out of the covenant between God and his people. But we've got to remember, Christians, that there is another law that even encompasses and supersedes that one. Now, we don't get it in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. We get it in the Gospel of John. 
and we all know it. And that's not to replace our focus on love God and love neighbor, but it's to give a kind of overarching context for us as Christians. It wouldn't have meant the same thing to those scribes and Pharisees. It wouldn't have meant the same thing to anybody who lived before the death and resurrection of Jesus. But we'll remember it from John's Gospel, love one another. Don't just love your neighbor as yourself, love one another as I have loved you. And Jesus, how did you love me, right? No greater love has one than this than to give of himself for the other. That idea of self-sacrificial love, of self-gift, that total giving of self, because there's nothing more important than to share of ourselves in the love of Christ with another. And that's evangelization. That day I walked into the hospital room and I saw the grandmother with the body of her granddaughter. I was evangelized in a way I've never been evangelized before and with brutal honesty I can say I've never been evangelized since. Because that for me, what they had learned, is what self-sacrificial love is in a way they never would have imagined and I would never wish it on anyone. And just by me witnessing what had happened and transpired in that family, I had a witness. I'd read about it, I'd talked about it, I'd preached about it, I'd written papers about it. And all of a sudden, there it was, drawing me in, in a way that I couldn't possibly avoid. So just an invitation, maybe, to think about for yourself What have been those moments of total self-gift or as close to total as you've ever come that you can remember, that you can think about in your life? Because we have to be intentional about it. That's why I, like so many priests, save every now and then little cards like this. Because we know while there's infinite grace and beauty in God's presence in every sacrament we celebrate, In our humanity, there are certain moments that penetrate through our hard-heartedness and just strike us in a way that really are life-changing. And so we save them. And every so often, I just pull that stack out of my little prayer book and I kind of go through them. Maybe a little spiritual exercise as we think about love God, love neighbors so that we can invite others on that journey. Pull out your collection of memories and for a lot of us they're photographs pull out your phone sometime this week and just kind of go all the way back to when that began what are some of the earliest pictures you have now these phones only date back to about 2008 but that will encompass the entire life or most of the life of many of the kids here but certainly a good chunk of any of our lives if you were born before cars and talking pictures. You might actually have a paper photograph or a photo album and go through those and just think about who taught you how to love and whom have you taught to love. That idea of giving of self. Because in that first reading, what God says to the people of Israel is don't forget. Don't forget you were once so needy and helpless You were once an alien in a foreign land. And the only reason you're still here today is because somebody loved and cared for you. And so you need to witness that to others. That was in its nascent form the commandment Jesus gave, but they couldn't receive it in the way 
we can receive it now. And it's in John's Gospel and not Matthew, Mark, or Luke because John was written probably a generation after Jesus himself walked the land of Israel. It takes time. And they remembered and they thought about who is this Jesus for us? And then the full depth of what he said sank in. So as we move forward from here, and we're all called to be evangelizers and bringing people to Christ, love God, love neighbor, but start by saying, do I love others the way Jesus loved me? And I'll bet the answer for most of us here is yes, at various times in our lives, yes. But we need to remember, who taught you how to love? That's an incredible gift that they've given you. And now, who will you teach as well?